right, good morning, everybody. Happy to be with y'all. I've uh, been having a great summer so far. Um, just personally, just as Bob was saying, I just got back from a couple weeks of Bible camp, and I'm a little tired, but I'm also excited. I don't know if you've ever been in that state where you're, um, you're tired from the week of camp, but you're just excited because of what... Um, of how the Lord worked. Um, this past week, there was a handful of us were at Willowbrook Bible Camp. Um, lots of good talks um, with campers. Lots of good questions were asked. Lots of great discipleship type questions. Uh, I think we had around, I'd say maybe four kids come to faith in Christ. What would you say, Miles, about that? Yeah, um, lots of talks for assurance. And you th- like, after a week at camp like that, I was thinking about the kids, and it was the type of group where you think, like, in 10 years, I wonder how these kids will be serving the Lord. Um, I wonder where they'll be in their Christian life. Just, um, just, it was exciting. And so I wish y'all could have been there. It was a blast. And so, um, good to be, um, good to be at Bible camp. I know as Bob was saying, there's Groups going to Coronas, groups going to Turkey Hill, and so a lot more camp ministry going on this summer, and so just thankful for Bethany Bible Chapel and kind of the tradition or the the ministry that it has with Bible camps. So just praising the Lord for that. Gerald, you were at camp as well, and just God is good. That's right. Amen to that. God is good. So let's just let's open in prayer, and then we'll get to the to the Word of God this morning. I'm ex- I am excited. Let's look to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning we've had already. We had a great Lord's Supper where we sang worship to you, God. We heard in Scripture about what you have done for us. Um, we just sang some wonderful songs. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. We do say Amen to that. Um, we pray this morning now as um, the word is going to be open and we're going to start this series on Proverbs. I pray that you would work in our hearts, God. I pray that we would be like the good soil, ready to receive your word, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be working among us and um, penetrating our hearts. We don't want to leave church today. We don't want to leave the same as when we came We want to be further along in our Christian life, deeper in our relationship with you, God. So we ask for your help this morning. Um, I pray for your help personally, God. I pray that it's your word that's remembered most of all. And anything I say that might be an error, I pray that it falls by the wayside. And um, I ask for your help, Lord. I don't want to speak um, without your help, nor can I fully. And um, so we rely on you, God. Thank you for all your many blessings. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I enjoy a good pirate story. Yes, a good pirate story. You think of this, uh, you might say, romanticized idea of pirates. They have a treasure map, and they've got to uh, locate the treasure They have to go through different obstacles, face challenges, follow the map. They're sidetracked at times, but 
X marks the spot, and they eventually find the treasure chest. Yes, a good pirate story. I know Treasure Island came out 1883, and it's still a popular uh, novel even, even today. Um, last week, I mentioned last week we were at Willowbrook Bible Camp. We had a pirate theme, actually, and kids had to go on different treasure hunts. Here is a picture of Randy Costello dressed up as a, as a pirate. Just kind of take that in for a moment. So, yes, our, our director. So, And uh, you, you might see what's on his feet. That is not boots. That is, uh, what are they called, Crocs with, uh, Crocs with black socks. And so, yes, it's definitely Randy's touch. So just, uh, so just take that in for a moment. So I don't guess he wore that to church this morning, but... Um, but yes, a good, uh, you think of just the gold, the treasure. We got to find it, looking at the treasure map. Well, I would say that as Christians, we have a treasure that we are to pursue with all our heart, that we are to look for, that we are supposed to search for, that we are supposed to face any obstacle to get. And that is wisdom. Wisdom. So this morning, this morning the clicker stopped. Let's see if Gerald, there we go. We're going to look at Proverbs, which is the book of the Bible on wisdom. Proverbs, a treasure chest of wisdom. Wisdom is our treasure. Okay, there's lots of verses in Proverbs about how wisdom is better than gold. Wisdom is better than treasure. And Proverbs is the book of the Bible on wisdom. Um, King Solomon, you think, was blessed with supernatural wisdom from God. And he wrote uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, the book of wisdom. I know See, is Bob Sr. here? Bob Sr. something. There he is. I know his brother Dan, he used to read a chapter in Proverbs every day of his life. Because um, it is the book of wisdom. You want wisdom? Go to the book of Proverbs. So this morning, Gerald, if you want to get the next slide for me, we're going to look at an outline of Proverbs. We're going to overview the whole book of Proverbs. Um, as I said, um, and as Gary said, we're going to do a short series on the book of Proverbs for three weeks. Um, this morning, I'm going to basically do an overview of the book of Proverbs. Um, I think next week, I believe it's Gabe's going to speak on the book of Proverbs and finances. So like wisdom of finances in the book of Proverbs. And then I believe Dave is going to look at the book of Proverbs and the family, what the book of Proverbs has to say about uh, raising a family and um, the wisdom therein. So the book of Proverbs, a basic outline I would say is like this. Verses, the first seven verses you'd say is the introduction or the thesis of the book. What is the book of Proverbs all about? Well, check out the first seven verses. Gary read them. That'll give you a good introduction what it's about. I'm starting in verse 8 of chapter 1 to chapter 9, verse 18. I would say are essays of wisdom. You might say poetic essays 
of wisdom on uh, different topics. A proverb technically is um, in those chapters. And then the last two chapters of the book, you have a couple more of these poetic essays of wisdom. And so I'm just going to walk through the book this morning, giving you an introduction to Proverbs. Um, I would encourage you this, these next two or three weeks to read through the book of Proverbs. Read through it. Um, it's 31 chapters, so you know, easily two or three chapters a day. You can tackle it in, in two or three weeks. And so, yeah, I would encourage everyone to read through the book of Proverbs over the next two or three weeks. Um, let's go to Proverbs chapter 1 again. I know Gary already read these verses, but we can read them again. Why not? Proverbs chapter 3, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 1. Verses 1 through 7. So here we go. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. To give prudence to the simple to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If I had to pick a key verse for the book of Proverbs, I'd say it was verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'm going to spend a bit of time on this verse particularly, since I say it is the the key verse of the book. Um, This idea of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I know we say that a lot. But I think that's a very profound statement if you you stop and think about it, meditate on it a bit. Um, I'll break it down a little bit. Gerald, next slide. Oh, go back one. Go back one, please. Um, When I think about the fear of the Lord, I define it simply as this. I know this might be a little succinct, but nevertheless, this is my um, Uncle Tony definition of the fear of the Lord. A reverential acknowledgement of the Lord, his word, and his law in your daily life. A reverential acknowledgement, okay, acknowledge him, acknowledge the Lord, I acknowledge his word and his law, what he commands in my daily life, day to day. Um, I want to be a person who fears the Lord, who day to day in my life, I take heed to what he has said and how to follow him. Um, on, in contrast to that, um, give you an illustration. I have a, a buddy in North Carolina, um, where I'm from. His name is John. Before John came to face faith in Christ, he was a professional thief. Okay, 
I might have shared about him before, but um, like he was he was big time, like timing the cops and things like that. Um, he 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 stole for pleasure. He stole for the rush of it. He stole for possessions. I would say John, and he'd tell you this. He'd say, "I had no fear of the Lord before I came to faith in Christ." You know, he didn't care about the Lord. He didn't care about the Lord's word. He stole because he wanted to stole. Still, he's he is that the right verb? Help me out, Wayne. What would you say? Okay. He was stealing, okay, because he had no fear of the Lord. Um, praise, praise God, the Lord changed his life, and he's now a missionary. Um, but the fear of the Lord, this is the beginning of knowledge. Having this acknowledgement of the Lord, his word, his law in our daily life, Okay. Here is a basic, let me see if it'll work now, Gerald. Oh, you already clicked it. Never mind. Okay. Here's a basic chart to maybe help, help you think about this idea. Just kind of made this up last night. The fear of the Lord, kind of the basis, the beginning in a way. On that, we build knowledge. We build life facts. We build, you might say, a world view based on that base foundation, the fear of the Lord and then upon that, we build our knowledge. That's what we would say as believers. And I know, ultimately, we don't truly learn this way because just, you know, children learn through observation and perception. But, you know, as born-again believers, as adults, this is how we, this is a general idea how we approach life, how we approach education, knowledge. We have a base, the fear of the Lord, and upon that, we build life facts, per se. I want to contrast this with uh, someone that I think is very telling um, about this, this point. And that person is Socrates. Yes, our good buddy Socrates, the Greek philosopher from Way back when, 470 to 399 B.C., so a long time ago, even a long time before Christ. Uh, Socrates, he lived his life using masterful, masterfully used logic and, an oper- and operated with heightened perception of the world. If you've ever read Socrates, and I know technically he didn't write things, his followers penned his um, his thoughts of wisdom. If you ever read Socrates, he's brilliant, okay? There's a reason why people know his name. Brilliant, okay? Masterfully observing the world. Um, Just a guy walking around and people understood, this guy, what is his, how does he have so much wisdom? Well, I believe he had a just a heightened sense of how the world works, perception, and he was just, a master of logic. And he, he just walked around making brilliant statements. But Socrates is interesting if you really, if you read some of his thoughts closely, okay? His big thought he would always come back to is, at the end of the day, I know nothing. Okay? That's what he would, that was his thing. He would, people would come to him for knowledge, and he could give you some brilliant fact, a brilliant life fact, a brilliant life fact. You just you you read the quotes of Socrates, brilliant life fact, brilliant life fact. But then he would always come back to this point. At the end of the day, remember, P 
people, at the end of the day, I know nothing. And it is reading, um, reading what people say about Socrates, it's interesting. Though he had logic, though he had perception, though he could put pieces together about how life worked, he knew that he was missing the foundation. He knew that at the end of the day, there's something more to life that I do not have. Okay, as brilliant as he was, as brilliant as his statements are, at the end of the day, he is missing that foundation. And he admits it. He says, at the end of the day, remember, though I'm making these brilliant life facts, at the end of the day, I know nothing. It is very revealing and it's very telling when you think about contrasting like a worldview as believers. Okay? You think about... Um, I mean, whew, you think about some of the claims we make as believers. You know, we would say we know how the world began. Meaning, we know these deep philosophical statements. What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? You know, you might just say, I'm just a simple man. I just, you know, you might say, you just, we're simple people. You know, you might work at a, I don't know, some, somewhere. I, I don't, sorry, I don't, I don't want to say any place that's... I used to work at a pizza shop. You work at a pizza shop. And you know these things about the, the, the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? You're making these deep philosophical statements. You're just delivering pizzas, you know? Well, as believers, we'd say yes, because we know what life's all about. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge, okay? And gives us, you might say, brilliance upon how the world began, the meaning, the purpose of life. Something... All right, Gerald, flip back to Socrates' uh, pyramid. Yeah, something he didn't have. I know nothing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let's go again, another one, Gerald. Proverbs, a treasure chest of wisdom. Uh, let's go to the next slide. I, I I'm going to play this out, this idea of the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge. I'm going to give you a real-world example, too, how to, like, how I'm applying it in a specific area, okay? Um, here's a picture of me. I, I enjoy the great outdoors. I enjoy backpacking. I enjoy, um, I enjoy camping. I was in Linville Gorge, North Carolina, right there. Um, I, don't, I was actually, I don't know how well you, you guys can see the picture, but I'm up on a cliff right there. I was actually lost in that picture, <laughs> but... Uh, and was slight fearful about how lost I was. But nevertheless, it, would, uh, it came out as a good picture. <laughs> so, but I enjoy the great outdoors. I enjoy the environment. I enjoy clean trails, clean air. Um, I don't like pollution. Um, and so I think about, uh, think about my life and just how I approach issues of like the environment, okay? Um, Concerning the environment, okay? This is maybe a hot-button issue at times. And so just here's my approach to it as someone who loves, you might say, love the great outdoors. Uh, the fear of the Lord is my basis of my, um, of, of my understanding, life, is the beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord. That's my, that's my base, Upon that, I build facts. Like, I know that God created the world. You see on the left bottom. I know that the, man, that the earth is man's resource. You know, we were made in the image of God. 
You know, like the other one says, man is in God's image, not the earth. The earth, in a way, is man's resource. We're in the image of God. We need to use it. We use it for the glory of God. But we are the, you might say in some regard, the highest creation of God. We are his, made in his image. Um, From that, I build things like, hey, it's our resource. I don't want to pollute. I want to be a good steward. And I want to use the resources of this earth for enjoyment, for food, uh, for advancement, per se, and technology. Um, so that would be an, an, approach, um, an, an approach to how this specific issue of uh, the fear of the Lord, relating it to a specific topic. Um, and at the end of the day, we do enjoy the world God has created. It's made for our enjoyment, food, advancement. Um, yeah, we use it for his glory. So, follow me here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm, contra- I'm going to contrast this issue, okay, with how you might say the world or society views this issue, okay? Stick with me. I know I'm getting a slightly philosophical on us, but uh, stick with me. Contrast that opposing views, okay? God says he created the heavens and the earth. This is based on my worldview, based on the idea that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The earth is our resource. God is in control of this world. Man is made in the image of God. And in light of all that, I say, yeah, it's a resource. We don't pollute. We don't waste resources. Juxtaposed to that, an opposing worldview would say the universe is eternal. We serve the earth. We can't We can destroy the earth. Uh, There's a reverence for Mother Earth. Um, There's also deductions that then play out. Don't pollute. Don't waste resources. Um, You could see that without that basis of the fear of the Lord, it could lead you to a completely different um, worldview. Okay? And so though I might find people that I agree with on the bottom points, I just... my. My point is all this, take this issue of the fear of the Lord, take it to every issue in life you, can, you face. The fear of the Lord as our basis. And don't lose that, okay? Watch out for opposing worldviews. Sure, like I appreciate that our neighbors don't pollute and we get along with that and maybe we, we team up to pick up trash per se, but, um, or clean up... Uh, I don't know, clean up the neighborhood. But, but the idea is definitely watch out for these opposing worldviews and, and bring the fear of the Lord with you to every topic. Um, just to any topic you might bring. Bring this fear of the Lord, a reverential acknowledgement of the Lord, his word, his law to your daily life. Whatever the issue is, I have some issues here on the bottom, just I mentioned, take Whatever this world throws at you, take this idea. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Don't lose that in any issue that this world puts forward toward you. Um, That first one there, issues of wealth and poverty. Um, A little personal illustration. I grew up in Durham, North Carolina. Any North Carolinians here? Okay. Just me? All right. You're an honorary. Oh, yeah, you lived there for a while, Gerald. That's right. Okay, yeah, issues, growing up in Durham, North Carolina, this issues of wealth and poverty, this, is a, this was an issue that the churches in my hometown, Durham, are very unified on and very much um, 
keeping the fear, fear of the Lord as the basis really tackle this issue well. Okay, there's a great rescue mission in town. The gospel is at the center. Um, the town, like the mayor, can't deny what's happening. Churches are unified. And it's a beautiful thing to see how this issue of wealth and poverty is tackled in my hometown of Durham, North Carolina. Oh, I wish you guys could see it. It is a beautiful thing to see churches come together, tackle this issue in a Christ-centered way and really see people overcome issues of drug addiction, poverty, um, job skills. It's a beautiful thing. So whatever issue the world brings to you, that society brings to you, always tackle it with the fear of the Lord as your basis. Okay? Well, that was the first part of uh, the outline there. Introduction, the thesis of the book. Um, the next section for the book of Proverbs, is this essays uh, of wisdom, okay? Um, we know it starts in verse 8 of chapter 1, then go chapter 9, verse 18. I might say poetic, poetic essays um, of wisdom. Um, there's a lot in these essays, particularly about um, fleeing from the... Um, Adulterous, there's thoughts about prospering under wisdom. Um, there's thoughts in these essays about the value of wisdom. Um, let's turn to chapter 3. Let's go to chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. I know this, this section is a favorite among many people. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Let's look at this a little bit of this essay. Um, this is about prospering under wisdom. Okay, chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days, years of life, and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Um, this is a poetic essay about prospering under wisdom, okay? Uh, there's some good truths about here, about how knowledge and wisdom will lead to a long life. You know, it's, you live much longer if you listen to wisdom, just practically speaking. Um, there's thoughts in this essay about how God and man, they like they like truth and mercy. You know, God is pleased when we, when we live our lives with truth and mercy. So are our co-workers, you know. They love it when we operate with truth and mercy. And then verses 5 and 6, you want direction in your life? Where's the wisest place you can seek it? Seek it from the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, he will make your path straight. You want wisdom in life, or 
Yeah, you want wisdom in life, you want direction in life, trust in the Lord, follow after him. Um, Let's also go to verses 13, okay, 13, 14, and 15. Let's read some of these verses. Happy, in chapter 3, verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. You see the idea there, this treasure of wisdom is better than the rubies. It's a treasure chest of wisdom. Well, this next section... We have, okay, we'll tackle this next section, chapters 10 through 29. I call this section the Proverbs proper. Okay, the Proverbs proper. This is where you have true Proverbs. Let's see if the clicker will work. Gerald, can you advance me? Okay. You have Proverbs proper. And so you say, what technically is a proverb? Well, a proverb... Proper, okay, like if someone came up to you on the street and just said, hey, what's a proverb? You'd say, it's a short poetic statement stating a general truth. So a short statement, kind of a pithy statement, it's poetic, and it states a general truth. And that's important to remember, okay? These proverbs, particularly in chapters 10 through 29, These are not promises, okay? These are proverbs. And that's by definition, a proverb states a general truth, something that is generally true. That's just the definition of what a proverb is. And so, next slide, Gerald. Um, Here's an American proverb you guys know. The early bird catches the worm, okay? Okay. Good old-fashioned American proverb we got there. And what does this mean? You know, is this just talking about birds and worms or, or what's, what's up here? <laughs> no, there's more to it than that, okay? Uh, the idea is that it's a poetic statement. It is a metaphor saying that if you get up and you work hard, you work at it, it'll pay off. The idea is that hard work pays off. The early bird catches the worm. You got up early, you worked hard at it, and it paid off. That is a general truth. General truth. The early bird catches the worm. I think we'd all agree that, yeah, that's generally true. Um, But it is, remember, it is a general truth. Uh, In general, it's a truth. Um, It's not a promise, per se. You could work hard at something and fail, okay? You could work hard at something and, um, I don't know, the farmer could get up working hard um, every day and then um, a hailstorm comes and, you know, damages the field. You know, but we, we, we know that that is a general truth in life. You work hard, hard work pays off. And so we take this approach to biblical proverbs. Next slide, Gerald. Um, here's one, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, 
he will not depart from it. Um, my interpretation is just of this verse is just within the confines of what a proverb is. It is a general truth. Okay, it is a general truth, an encouragement to train up our children in the ways of the Lord and general wisdom. Okay, general wisdom. Um, yes, we want to teach them the Bible and also just general wisdom. I know when I was a kid, my mom constantly hammered to me like not to use my teeth for things like untying shoes or um, just, I don't know. No, your teeth are precious. Don't, uh, don't. any amen from the orthodontists out there? So, yes, that's right. Yeah, don't use your teeth for things like that, but um, no, take care of them. You know, just general wisdom. We want to impart to our kids. And uh, when, he is old, when they are old, they're not going to depart from it. That is a general truth. I don't see it as a promise. You know, unfortunately, we live in a sinful world where there are a lot of X factors that come our way. And, um, and there's no, you know, I have four kids myself. And um, by the grace of God, we're hoping and we're, we're training them God, please lead us in this, trying to train them up to do what's right, what's wise. But we do also recognize that this is a sinful world and that there are many X factors out there that come at them and, um, and we hope they choose to follow the Lord. Um, and so we get that, that. But we get too that it is a general truth, okay, that we, what we teach our kids, um, what we implant in them, okay, that it does make a difference it is still a truth okay that what we teach our kids makes a difference okay proverb a general truth a short poetic statement stating a general truth here's a couple proverbs okay once again a short poetic statement stating a general truth so you might come to proverbs like this proverbs 26 4 do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like them. Or there's also Proverbs 26.5, the next verse. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. So which is it? What should you do? Well, it is a, these are general truths. So the idea here is, depends on what kind of fool you're working with here. Okay. So if you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're interacting with a fool and you're like, like this guy's not going to listen to me. Remember Proverbs 26.4, okay? I can't even say anything to this guy, you know? I can't, I, he's not going to listen to me. Or if you've got a fool who will listen to you, then think about Proverbs 26.5. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. <laughs> if you're working with a fool who will listen to you, hey, maybe set him straight, and he'll gain some wisdom. So have both. Sorry. So have both uh, these proverbs in your tool belt when working with fools. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that, it's funny. So yeah, just have them both available when you're interacting with them. Um, with fools, so, and you'll know how to, um, if this is one you should answer or shouldn't, so, lots of good wisdom there, so, okay, and here's, here's maybe my favorite proverb, 
of them all. Next one, Gerald. Proverbs 14.4. Anyone know this one? Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. But abundant crops come by strength of the oxen. All right, just take that one in for a moment, okay? All right, you guys got it? Y'all know what it's talking about here? The idea here is if you want a good harvest, if you want abundant crops, you need some oxen, okay? Help you work, help plow up the field, help you in the farmland, okay? But oxen make a mess, too. They make a mess, and you're going to have a messy barn if you have oxen. And so the barn is not going to be clean if you have oxen. But you need oxen if you want abundant crops. If you actually want the work to be done, you're going to have oxen, and therefore you're going to have a mess. Okay? Um, Now, I'm on the the board of Willowbrook Bible Camp, and, um, and, you know, we just had a week of Bible camp and you know the the caretakers there David and Abby they get the camp ready for us they get things in order and then the kids just come in and they make messes you know and um, the plumbing stops and just they leave their candy wrappers and wouldn't it just be great if we had a clean camp we just told the kids don't come this year we can keep the camp clean wouldn't that be great but that is no We want the mess. We want the messy camp. Because that means we're ministering um, to kids. And that means the work is happening. Um, You know, I think it's the same thing here with Bethany Bible Chapel. What was it, maybe a month ago, someone made an announcement. (laughs) Be sure to get your coffee cups out of the, don't leave your empty coffee cups in the sanctuary. There's a point where I love the empty coffee cups. We're making a mess. There's a, point, there's a part of it where that's great. You know, we got a mess in the sanctuary. It's under construction. I know it's, it's getting there. But, you know, we got messes around here. The chapel's under construction. We're leaving our coffee cups everywhere. Our kids right on the wall. And I remember one time we were playing Ultimate Frisbee here, and, and Gerald smashed through the wall <laughs> playing one time. Like, like, wait, you know, couldn't we just have a cleaner church if people didn't show up? Wouldn't that be great? We could keep this place clean. But we're thankful for the mess. Yes, we should. I guess we should pick up our coffee cups. But it's great. That means people are coming. It's great we have kids writing on the walls. That's great. That means that we're means we have people here to minister to. Okay. Yes, this is a resource. We want to take care of it. We want to pick up our coffee cups. But it's great. It's great. You know that means. We're using the building. That means people are coming to hear the word of God. Kids are in Sunday school. Kids are having fun in the gym when they smash through the walls and things like that. So it's just thankful this place is being used. Okay? So where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. But abundant crops come by strength of the oxen. So um, a very important proverb. So the final section, let's see if the clicker will work. Oh, there we go. Okay, so once again, we're working through Proverbs. We've got our outline of Proverbs here. First section is the introduction, the thesis of the book, those first seven verses. Then, that next section, chapter 1, verse 8 through 918, we have the essays of wisdom, the poetic essays of wisdom. Then chapters 10 through 29, 
those proverbs proper, those short poetic statements stating general truths. And then the last two chapters, more essays of wisdom. We got a couple more chapters of, um, you might say, those poetic essays of wisdom. Um, in that last section, you might have read um, the essay where Solomon says, I know three things, yet four. Kind of those numerical points of the book. That's, um, that's in the latter section. You also have the section on the Proverbs 31 woman. And um, beautiful section there, the end of the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 31. Just a wonderful essay celebrating women, their multitasking abilities, um, celebrating the strong character of the Proverbs 31 woman. And I think it's just that chapter, it's an encouragement for women and just a celebration of, I like to say, um, I think women have a gift of multitasking. And I think there's a bit of a celebration of that in that, um, that chapter as well. And so just a beautiful chapter there to, uh, to end the book of Proverbs. So that is the book of Proverbs. As I said at the beginning, it's a treasure chest of wisdom. Okay, the book says wisdom is better than gold, better than rubies. It's like we're the, uh, we're the treasure seekers, finding, finding the gold here, finding the nuggets of wisdom in the, book of, in the book of Proverbs. It's a treasure chest of wisdom, of gold that we find in this book. So seek it out. Seek it out this month. Open the book of Proverbs. Find those nuggets of gold. Find those nuggets of wisdom. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I know my wife's reading Proverbs right now. It's taken her a long time because she gets stuck on these, you know, like just she'll read one proverb and get thinking about it. And there's so much good gold in the one proverb that maybe for her time with the Lord, she just reads one proverb because it's just it's so deep and weighty. And there's just so much good stuff in there. So open it up over the next two or three weeks. Read the book of Proverbs. Enjoy it. I want to conclude with one point. As we think about this idea of wisdom, of knowledge, it brings this whole idea of truth into, into clarity. And when we think of truth, who do we think of? Next slide, Gerald. We think of the Lord Jesus. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As you go through the Proverbs, you find all these wonderful gold nuggets of wisdom, knowledge, okay? In the back of your mind, think about the Lord Jesus and think about how he was the ultimate person of truth, wisdom, knowledge. The Lord Jesus Christ. Next slide, Gerald. He is the truth. Jesus ultimately is the truth. And here at Bethany Bible Chapel, yes, we hope you enjoy the Proverbs. Yes, we hope you find wisdom in it. But at the end of the day, number one, we want you to have a relationship with the person of truth, the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins, rose again to new life. He taught us the truth. He showed us the way. He showed us spiritual truths, the truths how to get to heaven. 
If you're here today and you've never met the Lord Jesus, you've never met this ultimate truth of the Lord Jesus, please come talk to me, talk to the leaders here, elders and deacons that are on the back of your bulletin, call them up. More than anything, we hope that you find the ultimate source of truth, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the truth. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this book of Proverbs that is a treasure chest full of wisdom, full of gold nuggets of wisdom and knowledge. I pray for our chapel these next couple weeks that we dive into the book of Proverbs, that we find those nuggets of wisdom, those nuggets of knowledge, and that we would enjoy this book of Proverbs, God. Help us to be people of truth. Help us to be people of wisdom. Help us to keep the fear of the Lord as our foundation of our lives, no matter what issue we come to in life. Help us to live day by day with this idea, the fear of the Lord in our lives. And God, we do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that if there be someone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her Savior, I pray that they talk to myself, talk to someone in leadership here, talk to one of the members here. Um, at the end of the day, we want them to find the Lord Jesus as the truth. Um, give us a great day today. All glory to you, God. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.